welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me is a man that's doing more wild cards than Jack Smith. Mitch, how are you? I'm pretty good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Got another late call-up once again. Yeah, um, I know. This, this fill-in business for JD, it's going to have to start paying, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you can get paid just as much as we get paid, all right? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we'll double it. We'll double what we're getting paid, and we'll give it to you. No, well, it's been good. Up. How have you been, mate? Haven't actually talked to you in a while. Yeah, we've been pretty good. You know, standard, working, <laughs> yeah. watching racing when I can. Coming up for Hidden Valley, um, I think you get in on Thursday night. That's it, late, late Thursday night, standard Thursday. Darwin flight. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your hot passes right now. I still have um, six on my desk. They're all sold. <laughs> they're, all, they're all done and allocated, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen your desperate message. I need to sell two hot passes now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, one of those things where you're like, I'm going to buy 13 hot passes and that way I'll on sell them. So I'm flogging them off for 80 bucks each. So, right. you know, it's still $20 cheaper than what you can buy them at the post office. Um, they're, just, they're really jacking up the price these days, isn't it? It's been 99 bucks for a while. It's, it's still one of the cheaper rounds that we go to, Mitch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But still, I remember paying like sixty bucks for a hot pass. Like you, dude, hot passes used to be like fifty bucks. Fifty-five dollars was a hot pass. All right, all right. I wasn't there for that long. <laughs> that long ago. <laughs> I've only missed one supercar round in Darwin, and that's when I first moved out of home and I was working at Macca's, and I could not afford it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Working at Macca's, I remember that. <laughs> you can't afford much. <laughs> that's actually where we first met. Yeah, I know. That's weird, hey. You're well, right. let's let's kick it straight off. Let's let's touch into some news. We'll talk about some Super Two news. Um, like we touched on the start of the show, Jack Smith is doing another wild card. He must like, have a lot of money behind him, eh? He, like a lot. He's got a ton of money. His parents own railway lines or something in New Zealand. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Someone was telling me about that. Yeah. Because if you see like his whole family races, or like his brothers and whatever race, and they're all got that. STC logistics all plastered all over the side of the car. Like, and it just says Smith and you see that car and I'm like, how many rounds is this bloke doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, how many different kinds of racing? Oh, it turns out there's a lot of them. <laughs> but. But it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Like he's starting to get a lot of experience by doing all of these wild cards. Yeah. And he's improved like, you know, each one, like mm. how he's been on track. Paying attention to blue flags and such. Yeah, so he's got out of the way now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it should be good. Um, another Super 2 wild card is KBR or Kisteki Brothers Racing have announced that they'll be doing a full wild card for the Enduro season. So Kirk Kisteki and Brody Kisteki are teaming up. No, not Kirk, sorry. Uh, Jake Kisteki, the younger yeah. one. Um, they're teaming up. And they're going to tackle Bathurst, Sandown, and the Gold Coast. That's really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool because Brody, he's he's pretty good in in Super Two. So yeah, I'm actually Wait. really surprised because so what they're doing is they've this was kind of on their cards for a while. Um, they were tossing up between do they lease a new ZB from someone? Do they buy another car or do they upgrade one of their existing? Um, VF Commodores that they have 
they're going down the path of they're going to upgrade one of their Commodores. So they've just, I assume they've just called Triple Eight, you know. Or Jake, or no, or Kurt, while you're at work, can you just go ask Roland? Like, can you just grab a couple of boxes of stuff for us? <laughs> just need a few um, bits. So they're going to upgrade the car. They're upgrading Jake's car. So, but Brody is actually stepping out of driving for the rest of the season in Super Twos. Yeah, from like a competitive standpoint in Super Two, that's a weird move because. Like, he's, what, fourth in the championship at the moment or something? He's fourth in the championship. He's won a race already this year. He would have been he's much quick. higher He's up genuinely if... quick, too. <laughs> yeah, he's he was a title contender for this year. Um, yeah. The only I mean, thing... I'm, I'm kind of look, look forward to going, oh, well, <laughs> less competition for Brassy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is something I did think of pretty quickly, too. But I guess of the two of them, who needs more practice in the car? And I guess that's how they're looking at it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Brody doesn't need the practice so. as so, much as Jack. I, Jake. It's Jake, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jake. Jake. <laughs> yeah, Jake is definitely the one that needs the seat time, and that's what Brody said. So it'd be it's interesting. I was actually talking to JD about it, going, "Are we both think that?" instead of Triple Eight jumping straight into the Super 2s, that they should, probably should have teamed up with, like, you know, Kostecki Brothers Racing. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought, too. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. It's, um... And if they were going to sponsor a driver, like, if you're going to pay for one, maybe you pick the wrong one. But Kurt used to work for them, I believe. So yeah, yeah bit tied in there as well but yeah it sort of seemed to make more sense to sort of get on board and help their program kurt's had a lot more years in super twos yeah that's true too so and kurt did that stint with lee holt when lee holsworth was injured he did too didn't he yeah so he's had some main game experience yeah i guess there's plenty of reasons why and yeah probably the experience too but yeah we bunch of money into something like take the guy you know that doesn't not saying that Brody's like you know not Brody or anything. is really surprising people I don't think people expected Brody to be this on song yeah that's sort of that's what I noticed in Newcastle like wow that guy's a lot quicker than you'd expected <laughs> mm. anyway. and you know this they they've come out today I think it was today and they've said um a full-time Going into the main game is not off the cards yet. And this is what made me think when they announced that he was going to step down and, you know, he wasn't going to race, like, contest the Super 2s for the rest of the season. I was like, they are going to gun for that rec license and they're just upgrade. They're just moving him up. Like, well, Brody Kostecki of... will be in the main game next year. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because um, they've sort of been angling at a main game drive for a while. Mm. And maybe this is just their way of going to supercars. Look, we can do it. Oh, yeah. And I'm actually really excited for someone to enter a wild card into the Enduros. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's just, you know, that's like its own little thing. It's got its own little trophy. I know it adds, still adds points to the, um, the overall championship, but, you know, you've got that Pertec Enduro Cup, so you're like, well, we can test the Enduro Cup. Yeah, and, like, I know it's 
very unlikely. But just imagine if they did come in and like you know getting podiums or something, or even in the top ten, you'd be like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. It's <laughs> going to be one day that we're going to get a wild card, and they're going to be super, well not super successful, but you know, really really punch above their weight. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if these guys. Back. Yeah, that's our favorite talking topic. Yeah, um, they're pretty great. <laughs> they, they, they were fantastic. And I think, you know, with DTM finishing up, are they finishing up? No, they're not finishing up. They've just got, like, no teams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, Mercedes have pulled out. And it's it wasn't very interesting, right? Oh, Aston Martin joined. Oh, that'll be weird. Because um, <clears throat> there's yeah, news but... that Valentino Rossi said that he's... um. He hasn't ruled out or confirms intent to make DTM start. Okay, there you go. That'd be interesting. A few motorbike people have done it. Like Casey Stoner tried to do Super Twos. That's the forgotten series or the forgotten year. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Casey Stoner. I remember so many people were talking. Oh, he's gonna get in that car. He's just gonna show them all what for. Like, car's not a motorbike, man. Yeah, a couple of motorbike drivers have done all right on four wheels. Yeah, but I don't think they just jumped in a Can't car and expected it. to. Yeah, all right, I got this. Mm. In supercar news, Richie Stan Richie Stanaway has been withdrawn from the Hidden Valley Darwin round. Um, still got neck injury. What's That's your take on that? Pretty bad injury. Like it's from I injury, from, like racing in the. Formula Renault 3.5 or something in at Spa in 2012. That's it's just strange that it seems to have popped up now and stopping him from racing when he hasn't been doing very well. Mm. You do interpret that how you will. <laughs> Chris, Chris Pith is doing all right. Like, yeah, he, he goes all right. Like, when he was in the car, he said he did the best result that car's had or equal best. So. Interested to see how Chris Pither goes. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like two rounds in a row. And... Mm. It's back to back. He's done TCR racing. He raced TCR um, last weekend. Did you yeah, see? And, and all this not racing is not going to help Stanaway's form. Like, not, no. I, don't, I don't know. It just seems kind of odd that a, such an old injury just popped up. Like, was it his accident that sort of. Um, didn't he have a crash at like Winton? Did that? Yeah, he did. But he he did some testing at Winton earlier, and he only did like half a day, and he had to pull out and couldn't do the rest of the day because his neck was sore. I mean, you got to say like his it has to be really sore for him not to want to race. Yeah, because like that's your job, you're a race car driver. Like you wouldn't be at that level if you didn't have the desire to keep pushing all the time. It's got a quote here i'm not sure who this said this but it says since Win- winton richie's health has been improving on a daily basis yet he has suffered a setback a couple of days ago so who knows what's happened mm. um tcr we had a round at phillip island last weekend that was the sunday race three was very eventful um i was gonna say i didn't catch it but i hear there was there was a lot of carnage, like uh, turn one, um, lots of cars going off, a bit of damage, um, an alpha got destroyed, or 
got a car into the side of it. A Honda got the back end destroyed. I'm looking at that. When I watched that crash, I was just like, well, on David Wall's positive notes is least he's driving Honda Civics, which are a dime a dozen everywhere up here. And, um, you know, you can buy parts for them. I don't know how many alpha panels are around the place. Yeah, I've seen for every alpha that I haven't seen, I've seen 400 Civics. So <laughs> I've not seen one of those Civics, alphas. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one should buy one of those alphas. They are ugly as sin. Yeah, they look even worse as a race car because they're really little headlights and then they pump the guards up. So it yeah. just makes it worse. <laughs> but they. I think it was, we had four. So David Wall, after the first round, ordered two new Honda Civics, like two more, like give me two more of them. Um, and uh, I think Melbourne Performance, I think that is called Melbourne Performance or Melbourne Performance Racing, ordered two more Audis. So after the first round, we're already up to like 19 cars, but I think only 18 cars contested this round. Oh, right, eh? Kind of got more cars and drivers. Quite a large field already. Yeah, well, they wanted 20 by the the, the start of the year. They sort of revised that down and were happy with 17. Then they're like, we want 30 cars next year. And we're like, oh, that's a big ask. And now they're just, they've added four cars in one week. So, you know, it's it's going well. They're talking about trying to get on the supercars card. That would be pretty cool. I'd be into that, but I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't think they'll be able to run their little schedule like they do. Like when they're with Shannon's Nationals, they're the main game. Like they are the big thing. Everyone's coming to see them there. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, you know, some people may be going for the, the Australian GT endurance racing and stuff like that. Um, it's like Gartender did the three hour enduro and then finished that and then jumped straight into an Audi and did two races. Would have felt like a couple of little lap sprints compared to his enduro. Hmm. <laughs> I guess I think, they're pretty much sprints, aren't they? They are. They're 30-minute sprint races. They're good. Good racing. The first two races on the weekend were a bit uh, procedural. Um, Dylan yeah. O'Keefe just pretty much did a fantastic drive, drove away with it. I'm really impressed with Will Brown. He's now won 50% of the races for the TCR. That's good. He's won three out of the six that they've had. He's looking very strong because if he's not – if he's not winning, he's coming second. Yeah. That's so, how you win championships. <laughs> yeah. I think it's already looking like, well, I think he's a pretty good. I think you can't really close it off like, say, Mercedes and Scotty. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the dominance just isn't there after the two rounds. But he's yeah. looked very strong. And these are all new cars, so the drivers have got to learn them. Yeah. One good thing about TCR, and I think like that's where the – the amount of cars come from, they're relatively cheap factory cars, really. They are. They're like 200 grand for the car. Yeah, and in terms of racing, that's cheap. So. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. We can afford to smash them up a little bit. Come on. <laughs> so let's jump into Formula One. Because we pretty much finished. There's not much else we want to talk about with supercars. There's nothing. No news has come out yet, except for Richie Sanaway, which we touched on. Yep. Um, and Kostecki brothers. So that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Formula One. Did you watch qualifying? I didn't, and I didn't see the result, and I watched it the next morning, and it was amazing. It was great. It was <laughs> actually a really good qualifying session. Like, 
Yeah. How bad do you feel for Max not being able to get out of Q3? I get, get into Q3, got stuck in Q2. Yeah, because he had the pace to be better off than he was. But... Well, Red Bull did what Red Bull do. They like to be the last car. Yeah, they sometimes left it. That works. And sometimes a Haas goes wide, smashes the wall of champions, and it gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's not really your fault, but it kind of is a little bit too. Mm. Did you see um, all online, well, I read a few bits online with um, talking about the wall of champions and Kevin Magnussen crashing into it. And you're like, really, wall of champions? He, he won, like, two championships in, like, 2008 and 2009 or something like that. So they're like, it still counts. You're still a champion. I'm like, yeah, but I thought it's Formula One champions. Yeah, that's pretty much that's what I thought it was too. I won a car championship once. I beat my mates <laughs> at high carts. We didn't have another race that year. Champion. <laughs> Got a little trophy. Champion. Now, I did like what they did to the track though with um, at the Wall of Champions. They've got on the ground Wall of Champions written on it. And same at the Vettel incident, they're like close to the edge or close to the wall or something. I was like, oh, that played in very well. Yeah. 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 In the race. <laughs> but in qualifying, how good was Daniel Ricciardo? He got like fourth. Yeah, that was crazy good. And it was like, there's a bit of luck there, but it was also just good driving too. It was like, yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was hundred percent. Like he started on the second row. He was, the smile was back. How uh, relieved must have he been like, oh, thank God for that. Well, he says Renault's close to power gap. Right, well, he out-qualified a Red Bull and a Mercedes. Yeah, we didn't drive past Horner, give him a bit of a salute. Like, hey. He out-qualified both Red Bulls. Yeah, that's a pretty good effort. Mm. No, that was that was really good. Um, Sebastian Vettel, what? Out- do you think he would have outqualified Verstappen if he had made it? Not that that mattered. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah. But oh, I guess I, I'm looking at the Q2 times. Dana Ricciardo did it at 11.532. Um, Max did a 11.8. But of course, you know. In Q1, he, did he didn't get out of it. Like, he couldn't get his fastest lap in. He was, he was going fastest before the accident of Kevin Magnussen. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of an irrelevant conversation because he didn't. <laughs> no, mate, all we do is irrelevant conversations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what this podcast is built on. <laughs> yeah. We do not attack the foundations. <laughs> uh, no, but Sebastian Vettel really pulled a lap out to get like pole position. He was two tenths up on Lewis. Yeah, and it was kind of just, and it was right at the end too because it was just watching it going, "Oh yeah, here we go, standard," and mm. then. Because they didn't even cover his lap that much until it was almost finished. They're like, oh, he beat it. Like, oh, maybe we should have been watching that. <laughs> yeah, I always find, like, I got to watch the YouTube video the day after the qualifying because then they always do the onboard pole position. And then they did a comparison of side-by-side of Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel. And they, they showed you which sectors he was up. And basically, Hamilton's fastest through the corners, but Vettel was faster in a straight line. Yeah, okay. So, and Montreal's got a lot of straight lines. Which is part of what makes it exciting, I think, because you come into some of those corners so quick and the walls are right there. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
it's a track that they couldn't make today. Like no, tra- like we love the Wall of Champions. It's a great um, character builder. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a reality checker. <laughs> well, it's like you got to be as close to the edge as you can, but if you go too far, your race is done. But no way would they build a racetrack this day and age with a high with speed a- corner with a wall right there and go, no, nah, no, nah, that's the Wall of Champions. Like that's that's there to be hit. Yeah, yeah. it's there to take you the F out. <laughs> Even Hamilton smashed the wall of champions during practice. He did. In practice two, I think it was, wasn't it? Practice two, because he was very commanding in practice one. Oh, I guess that's what practice four. Yeah, Find finding limits. <laughs> and causing a bit of damage to your car in the meantime, but finding those limits. It's fine when you're, you know, multi-million dollar team with a enough people to rebuild it, you'd be right. <laughs> well, that was, talk about bringing in a budget cap of $175 million a year for a Formula One team. The only thing I can see there is people finding creative ways around it. Well, they've already started talking about, well, that doesn't include, like, driver retainers. So it's Formula One to impose $175 million budget cap from 2021. Uh, they're basically, they're still trying to, get this all through, but there was a draft thing handed out to the teams over this weekend. Um, they also wanting to overhaul the prize money payments. So you, you win, you get money for how you finish in the championship and relative to how you were the year before as well. So if you say Williams finished, fifth in the constructors championships this year they'll get a bit they'll get a you know a good chunk but they also will lose they won't get as big a payment as other people because of the years before where they were last um right. second column paid out on a sliding scale with the championship winner from the previous year receiving 18 percent and 10th banking four percent of the pot so you will get a little bit extra for where you finished the year before um, but they really need to redo the payment system of it. It's a sport that, like, is making money, but you've got teams and tracks all struggling to pay for it. Yeah, well, I, a budget cap's not the worst idea if it's on if it's on development of the car. Like, I guess fair enough if you want to pay drivers fifty million dollars a year, then go for it and do it. But if they just they just cap the development of the cars, then you know, I guess, sort of even everything up, and would make for really interesting racing. Then, yeah. Do you think something a bit like supercars going with some controlled components, like but still allowing just... them to do what they like? You just have to use like this suspension, but you can design everything else around it. Yeah, that's that's the thing where you start to go. When does it not become Formula One? Because Formula One has always sort of been, <clears throat> yeah. There's, there's rules, but whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. There's rules, but if you stay within the rules, you can build however you like. Mm. But yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Cuts, but I'm just trying to think of it. How can we keep costs down and keep, you know, things a bit more competitive? Because you're looking at like the spread. You've got Sebastian Vettel did a 110.24, and then you've got Robert Kibitza did a 114. 
Yeah, that's pretty. And that's only twenty cars, or what? Yeah, twenty cars. There's a big spread over. Supercar fields bigger, and what half a second is? Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Between McLaughlin and Fabian, and then there's nothing between (laughs) Fabian and like Simona. That's true, though. What? Sh- Sorry, this, I'm just jumping back all over the shop. But Simona, sure. what's she going to do? She's really looking like she's saying she's concentrating on trying to secure a drive for next year. Well, is she going to um, stay at Mercedes uh, at Nissan, or will she still have money from Harvey Norman? Because I'm sure that at the moment Kelly Racing, uh, like if you've got money, we'll take it. But I think she's. Like, if she's still got money behind it, they'd consider keeping it. But at the same time, it's like maybe you could give that car and development to someone that might do something with it. Yeah, because, like, I'm not trying to, we're not trying to rubbish you, man. When you and I get on, we just start rubbishing Simona. Like, last <laughs> it was just like, tell her to quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that's probably a bit harsh, but I don't know. She just doesn't. She's not really gone backwards, but she's not moved forwards at all either. Like, you know, she's she gets she shows some good pace, but I don't the consistency isn't there. Yeah, and uh, you know the amount of years she's been there, you'd kind of hope that a bit more consistency. Would yeah, be well, Andre's adapted to the team. Like this is his second year; he's got a podium. You know, he's one of the highest performing Nissans. You've got Rick Kelly that's still up there. Yeah, you've still got. Um, Gary Jacobson a bit further down and, you know, she's, he's hanging out with Simona at that mid to back end of the pack, but you've got the other two Nissans driving up there. Like she's, this is a fourth year in the cars. Yeah. And this is Gary's first. So. Yeah. <laughs> she just hasn't moved through. Like there was that one time in Newcastle two years ago, which was fantastic. And then she. Yeah, it was awesome, but nothing happened afterwards. Yeah. You just expected more. I just, I don't know if like needed to build off that, but nothing happened. Maybe she does need to mix it up. Maybe she needs to move to another team. Possible, yeah. That's an that's an interesting prospect. See how she goes in a different car. Mm, maybe the Nissan just doesn't suit her. But, but that's entirely possible because I'm guessing it would be a pretty different character car, being quad cam and all that technical yeah. jazz. I just I just remember reading something the other day going, you know, Simona's she's got her eyes on setting her for a deal to be in the supercars in twenty twenty. I'm like, Well you got you gotta just go. Anyway, back to the Formula One. Um qualifying was really good. Jump yep. into the race. Let's The race was really exciting. Yeah, man. I watched. I set an alarm at four o'clock. After that qualifying, I'm like, "Yep, I'm into this. I'm I'm going to wake up to watch this." So I set an alarm. Oh, so you got you watched it live? Uh half of it live. I kind of did fall asleep. It was. It's very hard. It's a very hard. early race. Like I don't. Any Especially if you wake up to falls asleep. Away. Like, I, don't, I don't mind. That's that's fine. Um, I I didn't because I had work at seven o'clock in the morning so i was like i just would rather sleep and i'm gonna watch this when i get home so i definitely i saw the results or i didn't i saw the controversy and i was like oh this is gonna be a good race like let's let's chuck this on and for 90 percent of this race it was a good hard felt battle between lewis hamilton and sebastian Vettel. 
Yeah, he never he never drove away from him. This how it went down for me. Like he got the good start and yeah, kept it. I got to the pit stops, he come out in front, and that's where I sort of relaxed a bit. I'm like, ah, standard Formula One race, he's got it from here. And mm-hmm. I kind of fell asleep and then woke up to the podium a little bit confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything else in the race that we want to talk about before we jump into the incident? Um, Daniel Ricciardo did a fantastic job. He like, did, yep. He, was, he held strong. Um, Max actually had a really good strategy and just a faster car, I think, to get him up there because he must have one-stopped, but he ran really long, got that gap, did yeah. pull back, but had the clear, like, faster car towards the end of the race, like... Yeah, know, that was, sort of shows that he should have qualified higher, but... Yeah, yeah, he was out of position, so you always expect him to move up there. And really, like, six is the best you can do in the Formula 1.5. Yeah, exactly, and you still beat Gasly. Yeah, Gasly. Hmm. Yeah, hmm, hmm. yeah it's quite... Hmm. <laughs> no, I was really... I, I know a lot of people are calling him from to like he needs to get the sack, but Red Bull's got no other option. Yeah, they really don't at the moment. Like, who who are they gonna like? They've had Kvyat in that car before. That didn't really work out. Well, um, Kvyat's not too bad, to be honest. Yeah, he's actually doing well. I, I think, think he was too young first time around. When he got, yeah, not experienced enough in racing to the first go. It was just money then. He was like, all right, we'll take him. He was rush on that rush of money. Yeah, don't ask where it came from. <laughs> um, who else did well? Uh, Stroll, he did all right. Stroll did a really good job. Now, someone put up on Reddit that basically they did all his lap times um, to why, like showing the consistency that Stroll did to get past. Um, who was it? Who did he finish ahead of? Kvyat. Like, he just pumped in. God knows, nearly every lap was a 117. Just like um, bang on consistent. Consistent. Just boom, boom. You need to hit these lap times. We need to keep this gap. Like, you just do that. And it was fantastic. I, I can't find it. But it was just, like, 40 laps. The one, like, just... 117, 117. Once, he's yep. copped a lot of crap for, you know, daddy's money and stuff. But really, he's starting to prove himself worth it. This is the so Lance Stroll's consistent lap times on the hard tyres from lap 16 to lap 44, keeping Gasly behind him for 28 laps and managed to pull the gap ahead of Kvyat. For all of those, like for, from lap 16 to lap 44, That's he's crazy. like doing... 171s, it did the occasional 169s, couple of 170s, but so consistent. He's all within a second for those hot that number of laps. Like that was a really good effort. And I think Stroll deserved a lot of like a lot of appreciation. Yeah, he's he's doing well and he's starting to prove himself worth the money they're spending. Well, they've got a whole stadium named like a grandstand named after him now. Yeah, I did hear that. The Lance Stroll stadium, um, grandstand. I was like, oh, okay. Fair enough. He's got a podium, but, you know. Where, where's the Daniel Ricciardo stand? 
<laughs> well, Melbourne. Yeah. Nah, Melbourne, you got to win a race to get a. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a I'm bit more race. off you. <laughs> we got a bit more. You know, we got like the Alan Jones Stadium and the the Bradham Stadium and stuff like that. We got world champions. Yeah, they've already named the track after Villeneuve in Canada, so it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, where are we gonna go from there? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So we've talked about a few other drivers. You know who's someone who no one talks about at all? Antonio <laughs> Giovinazzi. Oh yeah. Well, Sauber in general then. <laughs> No one. Wow. no one. Like Formula uh, on the Reddit, they always do a you know the most talked about driver of each race, and then they compile it up and they do over a whole season. Poor Antonio, just no one is talking about him at all. He had like um, eighty-one people mentioned his name during the race weekend. Um, this weekend on Reddit. Compared to Lewis Hamilton, where 5,847 people mentioned him. <laughs> Do you think maybe it's just he's not, he's not doing anything spectacular, but he's not doing anything badly enough that people talk about George him Russell got 122. Like, over the whole season, Antonio Giovinazzi has only been mentioned on Reddit 952 times compared wow. to... Lewis Hamilton's that 21, 21,309. <laughs> That's an interesting data set. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to bring the people the data that they want to know. Yeah, it's like even between Giovinazzi and Russell, it's like 300 it's points 327 points difference. Like, ouch. <laughs> Yeah, it's Kibitzer's had a bit of a drop off. He was like peaked at 723 people talking about him in Australia down to. Yeah, he was always going to get a lot of mention at the start due to the circumstances. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to see how far Antonio Giovinazzi goes unmentioned throughout the rest of the season. It does mean not doing a bad thing. Next week, like after the French Grand Prix, Antonio is going to have bloody 6,000 things. And Mitch is like, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. Antonio's like, Where were you when I do it getting mentioned? I was making 6,000 accounts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all with one comment each. But um, yeah, it does sort of mean that he's not doing anything overly he's horrible. He's doing anything bad. But he's not really setting the field alight. But it's his first season, so really he should just be banking. Like he finished thirteenth this race. That's not a good. That's not a bad result. For yeah, didn't he just get that one run in Melbourne like a couple of years back? Yeah, yeah. I think he had a run in Melbourne, and I think he also ran in China one year. Yeah. Um, Fill in jobs yeah, here and there. He's. I don't. I think Antonio might. Do some good. It just yeah, he needs a bit more seat time, but he's just not getting a mention, and he's not even like getting any camera time or TV time at all. Well, he finished really, like you're not seeing Sauber on TV at all. You don't really see too much of the back end of the field. Sauber should be doing better than what they are. Yeah, because their cars are pretty. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they should 
It really does look good. But I, I thought they'd be doing better. Mm. I don't think Kimmy cares. Nah. Kimmy's like, they're paying me for another year. So. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> do what we do. All right. Let's talk about great. this incident. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> well, yeah. So that that's why I woke up confused because they were just saying, and the win was stolen from Vettel while he's walking out on the podium. I was like, huh? What happened? Why is he in second? Mm. Um, and yeah, so turns out he, well, it was a forced error. He, like the pressure forced him to make the error. He did it himself, cut across the grass and cut across the track back in front of Hamilton and copped a five second penalty for it. Now, which lost him the race, which I think is kind of, yeah, <laughs> that sucks. It sucks. It does. He did make the mistake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's like where it sucks. It's like, ah, damn it. Like, it's hard to argue otherwise. I don't know if I entirely agree with the extent of the penalty, though. Like, that's pretty extreme. It's like, I yeah. don't agree with it. I was pissed off as much as everyone else. Like, and it's funny. You, like, I've watched um, uh, Nico Rosberg talk about it, uh, Mark Presley, um, every other Joe Bob on the internet that's decided to talk about it. I was like, let me see people's opinions. Every person said, I want to make this clear. I wanted Sebastian Vettel to win. But Everyone wanted him to win that race. The only person who didn't was Toto and bloody Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> Hamilton's like, you see all the interviews afterwards. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, kind of trying to say he feels bad for him a little bit. But you can see that smile creeping through, like, come on, bros. Like, I want to race. Like, it's rules of rules. <laughs> yeah. Now, my no matter how is, much they suck. Anyway. Yes, he re-entered. He entered dangerously. I um, The rules are there to say if you do re-enter, you need to re-enter safe. Like, and people are like, well, he wasn't in control when he went over it. The back end was still sliding. Well, it's, then that's not a safe re-entry, is it? Yeah. I think it's the complete lack of any runoff. Like, how you, I think the argument there is really... How are you ever going to make a safe entry there when you're moving at that pace? Like, you're either going to hit the wall, get back on track, or hit hit someone. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's never going to be safe going off there. We're over policed in this, I think and so. I think that's the issue. The issue is the stewards looked at it because you know Mercedes would have going, hey, I think that was a bit dangerous, and then they would have had to look at it, and then they're going, yeah, right, we'll look into it. And the rules state that you have to give a penalty if it's dangerous re-entry and they gave the most lenient penalty they could but yeah. it's the fact that the rules are put in place that says well you, they have to issue it this is the argument that we're starting to hear a lot and like it comes up in supercars now and I think it's a pretty good point like the amount of policing the amount of the following the rules to the T and like not looking at things on a situational basis it's starting to like encroach on racing in a bad way well, I think Formula wow. One in general, with the Mercedes dominance and they're trying to really grow the audience and stuff like that, having things like this isn't going to help. Now, I was reading YouTube comments, and I know YouTube comments are like <laughs> the cancer of the internet. You just don't even bother going there. But there's people going, I'm never watching Formula One again. Well, I like cancer. I'm going to watch, you know, 
these people here were like must full American because like I'm gonna watch the most the monster NASCAR Cup and the NTT IndyCars and then the Aussie V8s. So I'm like, oh, okay, so you don't know our sponsor, but you named all the other sponsors. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, in America, but they're like. They're like, oh, plenty of other racing to watch, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, everyone's going, you know, if they had membership cars to Formula One, people would be tearing it up and cancelling memberships and stuff like that. But we need some rules in place. Otherwise, like what we talked about last week with the um, shell cars doing the, with Scotty cutting the track, um, you know, where Fabian entered and where Scotty entered was different, but the rules are written that way and going, do you need to let them go through but we've got these rules in place and if the rules are there the stewards have to stick by them because they can't just go oh well we're going to abide by it this one but we're not going to yeah. abide next time yeah and that, i think that's where the argument of like the rules are starting to get in the way like should we be looking at the rules and starting to ease up the, the actual rules themselves not so much like oh this time around nah we won't won't worry about it this time because it was fun. But, like, and I think maybe the outcome needs to be considered a bit more as well. Like, okay, it's, it all seems to be based on, well, this could have happened and that could have happened. Yeah, but what did happen? Mm, mm. It's like charging him for murder when he didn't actually kill anyone because he could have. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, but you, you, you own that knife and you thought about it once, so you might as well have done it. Yeah. It's prob- that's probably a pretty extreme. It's a very extreme like, comparison. But, like, dangerous like, reentry. Like you could have killed someone. But you know what I mean. Like the outcome doesn't seem to matter. It's sort of like, oh, but this could have happened, but it didn't. He yeah. would have been better taking both of them out and letting Charles win. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. He would have got the penalty. Hamilton yeah, wouldn't have won. <laughs> Ferrari would have been yeah, at least a little bit happy. Daniel Ricciardo would have finished fourth. Oh, would have been a great day. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. So, and then I think, like, you know, I've seen it on a couple of podcasts where they start starting to talk about rules a bit and, like, maybe we should be looking at the rules. Mm. Like, I think that McLaughlin thing sort of really brought it up. Not that that hasn't happened before, but. No, and that's just something that's going to happen at that track. Like, it's not going to yeah. happen at Valley because we put a tire wall in there. Um, I think that's probably what they should do at Winton. Just put a bloody great big tire wall in the middle and go. I think that's that, that, like a, a mini chicane through it. So you're like, well, if you're going on there, get through the chicane and go. Yeah, and it was a unique set of circumstances which had him come off in a way that he could take advantage of that. Like any other time, there's a big drain across there as well. Yeah. If you go straight across that, well, you're not going to pull off on the other side of the track and be like, come on, guys, I'm jumping back in. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, but they're going, well, a lot of people are talking about this, let the races sort it out on track, but do you trust them to do that? Well, I think you can to a degree when it becomes blatant, like, oh, you know, just tagging people from the back going, oh, but he got me two races ago. That's probably getting a bit extreme, but yeah, maybe you should let them fight a little bit harder. I don't know. Yeah. Considering Formula One, I'm pretty sure, like they said, we're going to let them fight it out on track more problem with formula one is like you get too close to anything and it's smashed yeah yeah <laughs> everything's super expensive have you seen another thing on reddit where they've got the um world destructors championship i have come across that once before i can't say i've been keen
keeping Kevin track Mag- of it. Kevin Magnuson's coming in second now, just behind Alex Albon. Alex Albon has spent roughly $2.6 million in damages <laughs> this year. Rough. Kevin Magnuson just, he did $2.1 million just in this race. Wow. Oh, that's an entire car, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Everything except for the electronics got replaced on that car and the engine. <laughs> but it shows you Kimi and Sergio Perez haven't damaged the car once this season. Doesn't Kimi own part of that team now? He's like, no, no. damaging it. He's like, do you know how expensive these wheels are? They are $2,000 a rim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't like, have that cut into my ice cream and vodka budget. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Destructors Championship is funny. Like, Sebastian it Vettel is. is up to $1 million, coming in six. Antonio Giovinazzi is actually in a respectable ninth. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. It's not too bad. Where's the uh, oh yeah, Hamilton 600 and something? We've finished the Destructors Championship. It's, it's a good fun thing. That's interesting to see how it goes. But let's talk about the end of the race. Once the flag had dropped. Um, well, actually, did you think maybe Sebastian Vettel should have stopped whinging so much after he got the penalty and just tried to eke out that five seconds? I don't think he, the car ever had it in him to have that gap. Really, but yeah, maybe he should have like piped down a little bit and just got on with the driving. Like he did carry on a bit. But I can kind of understand, and I think he knew how quick that Mercedes was behind him. So I think the race pace was ex- very high. This race meeting, like they were just always. It was a very quick race for Canada. Yeah, it generally kind of is a quickish race because of the amount of straight. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like, yeah, it, but the race, like just the pace that both cars had to go through each, like all weekend was just, well, especially all race was very high up there. Um, but yeah. after the race, what do you think of Sebastian Vettel's behavior? It was hilarious. Like it was parking the car. Like what, what was he doing at the start? He parked the car at like pit lane and then pushed it back. Yeah, I didn't quite. um, Ducked around the back and went and got weighed and then pissed off to the motorhome or the Ferrari hospitality. I think he planned on not coming back, but somebody probably said, Oi, go on, mate. You're going to have to, like, yeah, it sucks, but we can't put that show on. You're going to have to get up there. Could you imagine if Vettel didn't rock up to the podium? It would have been so weird. Like, I think that's why he ended up doing it. Because even he probably thought about it, like, I'm going to be really strange. Mm. Never hear the end of that. <laughs> when he was making his shortcut back to the podium area. Yeah. Did he cut through the Mercedes garage. Did he? Yeah. I, I don't think that was for anything. I think that was just, that was the quickest one to go to. Yeah. Um, and like he just, it, it wasn't Mercedes. He can't be angry at Mercedes and he can't really be angry at, Hamilton. Nah, because, like, yeah, Hamilton said something on the radio about it, but if it was the other way around, Vettel would have said the exact same thing. Exactly. Um, if, yeah, if Mercedes did it, Ferrari would have been on the blower to cams and go, oh, not cams, but the FIA going, hey, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the nature of where most high-level motorsport has gone now, which is kind of lame, like, always dobbing on each other, but it's part of the game now, so 
it is what it is. Mm. Um, did you hear the massive crowd cheer when he walked back out? Um, from when Vettel cut through the Mercedes and he walked out in front of the crowd, the crowd went nuts. Like it was yeah. a huge cheer. And then when he did the um, switching of the numbers, that was hilarious. But I that was funny. That. <laughs> that was good. I think that's stuff that, as much as we're saying Formula One doesn't need these time penalties to do a race, because this is the second race in a row that a time penalty has affected the result. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> Um, both times Lewis Hamilton was a beneficiary of it. It's got people talking about it, though. Mm-hmm. Did you see there's this tweet that's up on my screen at the moment where um, Charles Leclerc looked like a kid at a family reunion and his divorced parents just ran into each other? That's him oh. on the podium. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like, oh, awkward. It was flashing back to the... Um, I can't remember what year off the top of my head, but the Malaysian Grand Prix with Multi 21. It was yeah, that well, kind well, of podium. No one wanted to be on it. Yeah, although Hamilton, I think he was just trying to mask a smile. Like, Hamilton invited Vettel up onto the step. That was pretty good. Um, that was pretty and, good. And then Vettel sort of like, he would have felt like, nah, he didn't look comfortable up there. He was just angry. Um, and But he always kept his foot on the he kept one foot on the second and one foot on first. I noticed, like he didn't take his foot off first. Yeah, you would be annoyed, like, and you could understand why he'd be uncomfortable too. You're like, no, nah, this is just weird, and it feels, yeah. Mm. I noticed, like Hamilton didn't give him the big trophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can stand there, but I'm taking this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, well, there's the lots of, yeah. that Hamilton got wasn't very... Specific. That wasn't necessary. Nah, that wasn't necessary. If I'm honest, I did giggle at first, but I was like, oh, come on, come on. Can't, it's can't not his that. fault. No, it it's definitely not, not his fault. Um, all right, so we've wrapped up the Formula One. Yeah, we'll cool. go there. We are now three, four days away from the Hidden Valley Supercar Round, which some say is the best round of the year. Others say it, it is fantastic. Yeah. No, nah, it is. It's just, it's a good round. It's a good to go to. Um, who's your pick? Now, bear in mind, we are not picking shell cars because it's a bit unfair. So, oh, after the picks, both you and I got a point this week. Oh, we both picked Vettel. Um, okay. We're not including Mercedes, so they just rubbed out. Um, <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> rubbed out. I just went to a filthy place for some stupid reason. Anyway. Get your mind out of the gutter, Mitch. <laughs> um, so, I asked JD before he um, advised that, or when, after he advised that he couldn't make today's recording due to um, this stuff, I said, who's your pick? And he comes back, Scotty for Triple Crown and Shane for second. And I was like, hang on, hang on. We, we said we can't pick shell cars. He's like, no, no, no. He's picking Shane Van Gisbergen for our championship. But he honestly believes this year the Triple Crown could go off and it's probably going to be Scotty. I agree 100%. And he's not the first person that said that this week. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I could see it going off. I don't want it to go off. You um, just, if it was the other way around, you'd be like, yeah, Wink Up, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Wink Up could never do it. It's true. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'll celebrate if it does. Hidden, uh, yeah, if he does, like... If he does, I don't think he'll even notice. Yeah, I think it's... I, I, I think I get where you're coming from. It's kind of one of those things. Nobody's ever won the Triple Crown before. Like, and how many years have we been doing it? <laughs> Since 2006. Yeah. So, it's had a few years. Like... It should be like a pool. I reckon they should just like every year, like they have to chuck in like 10 grand. It just adds up. It's like, be boom. It'd be a lot of coin. People would be like, all right, let's try and win this. Like but then... 13 grand by now. <laughs> 10 grand oh, a year. No, it'd be oh, like 10 130. Grand. Yeah, 130. I thought you said 130 grand. grand. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have like people fair competing for it. But the problem is like, no matter how you look at it, if someone's going to win a triple crown, they're not going to be a poor team. No, no, you're going to be a team spending twelve to sixteen million dollars on two cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder who that could be. Well, it's not the blue ones. <laughs> Pen right. <laughs> they're only spending two million dollars. <laughs> All right, I'm tapped. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Dumbro. No. <laughs> <laughs> And then Paul Morris in Super 3. <laughs> so, I was just um, yeah. cut to the chase. My pick would, for a win, I'm going to go with Mostert. Win in quotation marks, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, win is. Yeah, I'll go with Mostert. Tech would generally go all right in Darwin. Then They do. Um, so Even James... when they're having a bad year, they generally have a good round there. Here's my dilemma. I want to be an absolute dead set legend and say Nissan and then pull a rabbit out of the hat again. <laughs> but but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I just... <clears throat> it upgrades to the car. I don't... This is a track that suits the Nissans, but I just think the Mustangs are going to be too strong. The only thing that's going to do it is who's got worse tyre deck. Yeah, which... Like... In the last couple of years, hasn't really come too much into play in Valley. And it's really, it's who's going to qualify second. Because second position has generated more race winners at Hidden Valley than pole position has. Well, it's on the better spot for the first corner, isn't it? Not that that's really that much of a drama because of how far how away. How far away it is. It's like, yeah, it's, where is it? It was 1.1Ks all the way down there, but I've got the inside line. <laughs> yeah. So watch out. <laughs> Um, do I do I throw a dog a bone and just try and go for a Nissan? What do you got to lose? Crowd to JD, that's what you've got to lose. <laughs> yeah, I can't let JD win back to back. Like, there's no way. This, like, this isn't really a bad track for Red Bull, but it's not really like one of their super shiny. It's not a it's stuff. not a happy hunting ground for Triple Eight. So, no, he might yeah. not have a point there. And Shane's been a little bit off form. So yeah, you know what? I'm going to go Andre. Ooh. Um, as as the Nissan. All right. Thinking, ain't nothing wrong with third because it'd be Scotty. <laughs> 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 and then Andre, you reckon? At least yep. one. At least one race. See, this is why the triple crown's never gone off because you get the likes of like 
Kelly Racing pulling out a race win on the Saturday and just ruining you know, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah, I don't know. The Triple Crown, do you think they should do that more at other tracks? Or they're just like, well, that's a pretty hard thing to do. Yeah, well, I guess it'd be cool, but it hasn't really gone off all that much to be like, hey, we should really pay attention to that. Because it's not like this round. This this is still a super sprint round. It's not like it's a Hidden Valley triple crown, like the supercar triple crown round. Yeah. Yeah, because what? It's just two races, isn't it? It's two races. It used to be three races, and then it was pole position. So now it's race one, pole position in the top 10 shootout, and yeah. um, race two. All right, we've dribbled on enough about the Triple Crown. Yeah. Um, we've got to wrap this up here. So thank you very much, Mitch, for joining us, uh, for filling in for the last minute. It was good, much appreciated. Thank you for everyone for joining us this episode. Um, if you have anything you want to write in, feel free. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash breaking late. You can write into our email address. You can write into our email address, uh, which is breakinglate at gmail.com. Or you can just go to our website, which is just breakinglate.com. Um, if you are coming to Hidden Valley this weekend, come down. We'll be sitting at Shenanigans Hill. Um, I'm just unfolding the track map and seeing what section that is. It's like. Um, this doesn't have corners or any names written on it, but just at the start of the S's, it's a great spot. It is. It's... Every year I just get excited. Might even go to the truck convoy, go see the convoy, see the trucks come through town. I saw the um, the BJR truck up at Truck City today. It's just, just parked chilling. up there. Yep. Uh, Mac, the Disney car, is at the Mac truck shop on Barham Road. It's good. It it does have like a nice flair to the town when you know the week before. Like, yeah, it's, it's a big out. thing. It's a big thing that happens. A lot of people turn up. Oh yeah, mate, that's a huge event for territory anyway. Like we're only one hundred and thirty of... people. Yeah, exactly. It's a fair few people turn up to the track too. We get like what forty thousand people around. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds about right. So there's like 90,000 people left in Darwin. Everyone else is at the track. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably notice it walk around town and go, a bit quiet, eh? Everyone's at the track. Yeah. No. <laughs> isn't that just isn't a bit quiet, eh? Isn't that just Darwin at the moment? <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, on that scene, we are going to finish up. Thank you very much. We will see you guys after the Hidden Valley round. Um, and you're up here for a day. You fly out Monday, don't you? Very late Monday night. All right. Well, we might try and squeeze out the episode on Monday and then get you in. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. That'll be fun. That's good. All right. Yeah, yeah. Another wild card, mate. More than Jack Smith. That's what we're going for. Yeah, right. It's on. <laughs> it's on. See, what you just need it. We could just really do three people. This is just a three-man show now. Yeah, why not? I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're going to catch everyone later. We will finish up. Goodbye. See you. <laughs>